Hello, I am Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast, and I am very excited to introduce my two friends here. Miles? Hello, I'm Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast and Toast of the Realms Podcast. And Josh. Hi, I'm Josh from the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. We are very, very excited to be doing a brand new podcast together. We are joining forces, and we are going to be reviewing horror movies. It is called High on Horror. It's going to be our podcast where we talk all about horror movies. We're going to review them, and we're even going to have some audience participation. I hope you guys are excited. The show will debut in September, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, which is high underscore on underscore horror. You can also follow us on Twitter at high on horror. The O in on is a zero. And remember, life is tough. So why not take a break and get high on horror? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Shark Week spectacular episode of The Disc Dump. The Disc Dump is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide. Are we going to keep the disc, or are we going to dump it? As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout. In honor of Shark Week on the Discovery Channel, I decided to talk about the history of playing sharks in video games. Of course, this wouldn't be the disc dump without a disc in question. Today, I decide the fate of the 2020 game Maneater, a game that claims to be the first shark RPG. RPG stands for role-playing game, in case you didn't know. As it turns out, Maneater is certainly not the first game where you get to play as a shark. Some of the earliest video games in history allowed you to play as a shark. But first, it's important to note right away that pretty much every video game before 2010 had a water level of some sort with a big fish terrorizing the player. Games like Mario 3, Ape Escape, Zelda, Shadow of the Colossus, Banjo-Kazooie, Resident Evil, and countless others deal with the terrors of underwater life. Resident Evil at least made theirs like zombie sharks, so they changed it up a little bit, you know? This podcast is not about those games. I'm interested in games where you get to be the shark. You can smell the blood in the water, charge upward and snatch your prey, death from below, carnage and blood. Games where underwater life proves to be as dangerous as I think it is. For those of you who don't know, my number one fear in this universe is sharks. Being ripped apart and eaten seems like it would suck. A lot. And I don't understand vor. A person who gets off sexually from the idea of being eaten is a vor. There are songs about them, I've read a book about one, and I find it so disturbing. I could not be more opposite of these people. The idea of being eaten alive absolutely horrifies me. Sharks aren't the only animals that can eat people. Don't get me wrong, I'm totally aware of that, and I'm terrified of all of them too. If I'm anywhere I'm not the apex predator, I don't want to be there. I don't swim in the ocean, I seldom camp in the woods and hang out with wolves and bears, and I avoid the warm states where there are literally dinosaurs running around like the plague. But of all these predators, sharks seem like the least survivable of them. To get bitten by a shark means you lose a chunk of flesh. At least. 
then you're either going to drown, bleed out, or get ripped apart by sea life. Your blood will attract all manner of predators interested in eating your delicious ass. Ooh, um, well, I'm not into that. That is my worst nightmare. My fear is born of respect, knowledge, and understanding of animals that makes me feel this way. They're scary. But at the end of this episode, here's a little bit of foreshadowing. I'm going to tell you a story about me facing my fear of predators. But just know I'm still terrified of them. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. All of that to say, playing as a predator is thrilling to me. I love when you get to play as a shark in a game. It allows me to kind of like vent my fear and terror I feel about deep sea life. And it confirms that I know these animals are capable of evisceration. This love of these kind of games started when I played the game Odell Down Under. Odell Down Under is an old school computer game where you get to play as a fish and gradually turn into bigger fish as you survive longer. If you're lucky, you become a shark by the end of the level. That game came out in 1996, so if you go back to the computer game nostalgia episode, I will talk more in depth about that game on there. Odell Down Under was far from the first game where you got to play as a shark, though. Now, I've done a lot of research for this, but probably not enough. The earliest game I could find where you actually get to play the shark is called Shark Attack, and it came out in 1981. You get to be the shark, eating pixelated scuba divers as quickly as possible before they kill you. It looks terrible, but it came out 10 years before I was born, so I'm going to cut it some slack. The next game I came across is called Shark Shark! It looks relatively peaceful. You're just chomping away at some 1982 style fishies, getting bigger and bigger. But what's cool about Shark, Shark, is that it was designed by Jiwen Sao, one of the first female video game programmers. So that's kind of neat. One of the movies that scared all of us is the movie Jaws. Jaws came out in 1975, so sharks were already part of the cultural zeitgeist before these games came to life. So, naturally, the Jaws franchise stepped in and really pioneered games featuring sharks. Jaws Revenge is the 1983 game where you get to play as a shark, trying to breach the surface for a quick human snack while avoiding spear fishermen. The other Jaw games had come out already at this point, but Jaws Revenge is the first one I found where you get to be the shark. And let me just say, spear fishermen in video games seem to live to kill sharks. Almost every shark game I'm going to talk about will have spear fishermen as antagonists. It's wild, but it's a truer reality than all these monster tropes of deep sea animals. Humans are pushing some species of shark to extinction because of overfishing. It's very tragic. So there's my public service announcement about sharks for this podcast. Don't eat shark fin soup. Instead, play a game where you are a shark eating humans. It's way more fun. Right then, the meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. I am a nice shark, not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. 
Good news, there's no shortage of these games nowadays. There are too many Flash games and early edutainment games and low-budget apps on for me to list here that came out between the 90s and now. These kinds of games existed, but I feel like I was one of the few who were actively seeking them out before smartphones. Now that everything ever is available whenever you want it, it is much easier to find these kinds of games. I'll talk about apps a little bit later on, but we're in the 90s for this timeline here. I would be remiss to ignore one of the most influential video game sharks. This shark costs so many players their memory cards and even their gaming systems, it's not even funny. Parents would work for hours to buy their children Nintendos and Playstations and Xboxes, and all the while, their children would destroy them with their greedy, cheating ways. Of course, the shark I'm talking about is the Game Shark. The Game Shark is a piece of hardware that you would put into your video game systems between the 90s and 2000s. It eventually became like discs and all kinds of stuff, but these devices would allow you to cheat. You could generate more money and experience, you could give yourself unlimited lives. Whatever you wanted from your games, you could have it with the Game Shark. You just had to know the code to get what you wanted, and they would sell books with codes for hundreds of games in them just to help you cheat. But the Game Shark taught us a very valuable lesson. Cheating comes at a terrible cost. It would corrupt your memory cards without fail, and eventually your entire game system would just cease to function because of the Game Shark. I am a man-eater. I own them from the start. But somehow this handsome fucker got his grip around my heart. For those of us who survived the game Shark Plague, we moved on to a new generation of shark games. Games like 2006's Jaws Unleashed. This game is really hailed as the father of all shark games as we know them. They didn't quite nail the mechanics, but the graphics and gameplay style brought this genre into modern times. Newer games look essentially the same as this one did, with similar controls and abilities. Almost all shark games to this day have a rush forward button, ram control, a tail whip attack, and of course, an eviscerating bite. And that all started with 2006's Jaws Unleashed. The sequel was born in 2011. Jaws, Ultimate Predator, is essentially identical to the 2006 Jaws Unleashed game. The graphics got a little smoother, the t controls kind of tightened up a little bit, but the games in the Jaws franchise just kind of went downhill from here. So I've been asked to do some promo for these two lads, Ryan and Paul, for their podcast, Cold Callers Comedy. Quite honestly, I've never listened to it because it sounds like sh**. But what I can tell you is that my show, Artie's Artist Acts, is one of the segments, and that is an absolute peaky blinder you can't miss out on. Whoa, what the hell, Tom? You meant to promote our show, not slag it off. I couldn't care less, mate. Well, you should. You're on the podcast. Yeah, how about a little gratitude? Bane, show them how grateful we are. Your precious podcast. Gratefully accepted. Um, we're not giving it to you. Admirable. What a mistake. So yeah, listen to my show, Cold Callers Comedy, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and all the other podcast platforms. The podcast rises. Come here. Hello, we're the Good Robot Andes podcast. 
And what exactly do we do, Andy? We talk about movies. We talk about movies with spoilers. Yes, we do. What else do we do? We talk about uh, TV, we talk about games, philosophy and life. And where can you find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. So this is about the time where smartphones were becoming a thing. So video games took another turn. Mobile games are a huge industry, and the key to their success is the fact that they're always available and they're addicting. A game that is consistently among the top-rated mobile games is called Hungry Shark Evolution. Hungry Shark started in 2010 and redefined the genre. Hungry Shark has evolved over the years, but the controls and abilities have pretty much remained the same. Just keep eating. Hungry Shark Evolution is, without a doubt, the most popular shark game ever to have existed. Its availability on any smart device makes it one of the most accessible games in the Play Store. You even can download it on your Fire Stick, people. I've played this game for way more hours than I would like to admit, and it's free. This franchise has continuously evolved, eventually graduating into like 3D adventure games and fighting games, but Hungry Shark Evolution is a playing experience that no one should miss. Super fun, totally free, Hungry Shark Evolution. Speaking of games I don't want to miss, I almost missed a game that took the shark genre into a whole new level. 2014's Depth is an MMO, which stands for Massive Multiplayer Online, where you get to play as either a shark or a deep sea treasure hunter. You have to team up with your friends to beat certain areas and overcome some challenges, and it's an excellent looking MMO with great multiplayer potential. You're like fighting each other. They're still putting updates into this game to this day, so I intend to dig into this one soon just to give it a go. It looks super fun. A game I tried but unfortunately was too old for is called Spyro Skylanders. It really grinds my gears that I wasn't 10 years younger so I could enjoy this game, as it blends real-life action figures and video gaming. Each action figure, so to speak, is loaded with a piece of the game, so when you sit it on a game stand, you get to play characters like Terrafin. Terrafin is a dirt shark who can swim through dirt and is a badass boxer. He whips people's asses in a cartoon, kid-friendly way. Speaking of kid-friendly, the next most notable shark in video games is a Pokemon. Who's that Pokemon? Sharpedo is a third-generation Pokemon that is a water and dark type. Sharpedo's speed and ability to do damage are by far its most strong attributes, which is remarkably accurate to real sharks. In Pokemon Sword and Shield, Sharpedo can be a difficult challenge to overcome while traveling across bodies of water. But if you catch him, you get to play as a shark, and it's pretty freaking cool that that's an option in Pokemon even. And oddly, the next game that I found that you get to play as a shark is literally the biggest game in history. It's a little game called Grand Theft Auto V. You only get to be a shark for one mission in the game, and it's because your character's on drugs. Oh, wow. Whoa. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a shark. But it's in there, so it counts. 
And apparently there's a Megalodon in the game, which is really hard to find. So that's pretty cool. But that brings us to the game of the hour. Maneater from 2020. This game looks pretty good. The graphics are smooth and fun. Uh, the character animations are silly and there's a wide variety of sea life to interact with. The story is told by a nature doc narrator played by Chris Parnell. The writing is pretty funny and this game is only really lacking in two departments, but they're critical. The camera controls and the action controls. <laughs> so there's two types of controls for these sharks. Surface and depth control. While you're on the surface, those controls are for fighting ships and jet skiers and helicopters and all kinds of crazy shit. And the depth controls is where you're going to spend the majority of your game because you're battling the creatures of the deep. The camera makes it impossible to figure out what the hell is going on once you're attacking things. Because if you manage not to lose yourself behind objects or opponents that stay on the screen, you're very likely to get eaten just because you're not moving fast enough. The only way to damage your foes at the beginning is to zip up, bite, and swim away. And it is so quick that the camera doesn't even keep up with you. Overall, this game is just not fun. Unfortunately, I did not get to beat this game. I like to beat a game before I do a disc dump on it, but I gave this game a serious chance. I wanted to like it so much. I wanted to like it so much. The commercials made it seem like it was everything I ever wanted in a game, but the gameplay just wasn't there for me. Later on, you get to grow and shoot lightning and do all kinds of crazy shit, but I didn't get there because I couldn't beat the beginning of the game. Uh, the, I sat down to play this game for an hour at a time, five times. I played for five hours and made no progress. If I get stuck on a game for five hours, something is wrong. I play a lot of games, for, and the beginning of this game should not be that difficult. All of you video game fanatics out there, you're going to call me a casual player. That's fine. But compared to most of my audience, I'm a hardcore gamer because most of y'all are boomers. It's just the way it is. That's neither here nor there. So this game had a lot of potential and has really good reviews. I just don't understand why. I got so frustrated playing this game. I don't, it, they don't reward you quickly at all. And on the contrary, to show you how cool your shark can be later in the game, the very beginning you get to play as a cool badass shark and the controls aren't great. But once you beat the tutorial where you learned how to be a great shark, now you get to start off as a... So the whole time, I'm just hearing that song because you're a baby shark and I'm just singing. I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just driving me crazy. So there it is, people. I'm going to give up on this and I'm going to dump it because it's just not great. But I'll be over here. I'm just going to play Hungry Shark again. She's a man. So as promised, I have a story about me facing my fears in an attempt to be a daring journalist while I was in journalism school. Uh, it was, in fact, the last thing I did for college was I decided to face my fears and interview a crazy person about his support alligator. <laughs> That's right. This dude has an emotional support alligator. In the interest of not sounding slanderous, I'm not going to use the person's name or the name of his pet dinosaur. 
Overall, the experience was absurd and terribly dangerous, but it all works out fine. So the way I found out about this dude was he got thrown out of the hospital where I used to work. He came waltzing into the emergency department holding a five-foot-long alligator, and he was immediately asked to leave. And he was like, but why? And they are like, you got to go unless you can produce paperwork. And he just didn't happen to have it on him at the time. I've seen it. It's there, but he just didn't happen to have it. So I was talking to this big wig at the hospital, and he told me this story. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty wild. So it took me approximately... 90 seconds to find this guy on Facebook. He even has a Facebook account for his gator and everything. And I saw that he does meet and greets in our local indoor farmer's markets. He literally walks around with a five foot long alligator in a densely populated narrow hall, just farmer's market. There's children running around, whatever. So long story short, I reached out to this dude and he invited me to his house for a presentation and he literally lives on top of a small mountain. So I thought to myself, this dude is definitely going to feed me to his alligator. (laughs) So I found my biggest, strongest, most intimidating friend and his name is Big John and he's been on several episodes of this show. (laughs) So I brought him along because if anyone can wrestle a five foot alligator away from me that's trying to eat me, it's that dude. And then my lady was like, well, I want to come. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. So I'm really proud of her that she faced her fears alongside with me. So we get to the top of this mountain and we go into this dude's trailer. And he has two sizable alligators just running around on the ground. And he also has a baby gator in a tank. And he has an above ground pond in his living room for them to just chill in and come in and out as they please. One of the big gators is trained in chill. And the other one is well fed. (laughs) Otherwise, who knows what he would have done, but he said that one wasn't trained. So we just walked into this house with a bunch of freaking dinosaurs running around in it. And I mean, I don't know. I guess that one isn't very supportive. I don't know. But the other one is his support animal. So this dude sits us down and makes us watch an episode of the Gator Boys TV show before we could touch these things and then he laid a freaking dinosaur in our laps it ended up grabbing and hugging my lady for her warmth i guess i don't know it just crawled up on her and just bear hugged her and it was hilarious but uh this dude he legit had discipline for these gators though like he was treating them like dogs he was telling them to sit and stuff and they would and like when they would do something he didn't want he would yell at them and be like hey get back in that pond and they would turn around and go back in the pond and listen to him it was crazy but this story only gets longer and longer for no real payoff but the truth of the matter is it was a cool experience um i got to hold an alligator very cool you know like the dude was cool a little scary, a little out of it as far as I'm concerned. If you're letting an untrained alligator run around in your house, trying to tell us that alligators don't eat people, we all know the truth. They can and do. So uh, really the, the end of the story is it was cool. We didn't get eaten. Would I do it again? Ain't a damn way I would do that again. That shit was terrifying. Would I have done this with somebody's support shark? Also ain't no damn way. I would never fucking do that shit. Anyway. I want to say thank you to several bands that let me use their music without their permission. I guess they didn't really let me use it. I just kind of did. So, sorry, Hall & Oates. 
Uh, appreciate Hall and Oates. They are the main song of this program today. And I also want to say thank you to Rooney for their cover of Hall and Oates. I want to say thank you to the Blue Eyed Blondes. And I want to say that's a thank you to the Baby Shark people and Nelly Furtado. And also Group Love for the use of their song Shark Attack. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, folks. Until next time, toodles. Toodles.